you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Around the League Podcast. Didn't come here to make friends. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room full of heroes. Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. I don't know. Dan basically just told us that our energy was low last show, so we're feeling <laughs> yeah. we come in feeling a little bit bad about ourselves. Right before the show, Dan gives us basically some Newt Rockney pep, pep talk <laughs> that we didn't, you know, have enough energy last time. I He's listened up. to the show on Monday while flowering my plants in the garden because I don't have children. Mark, is that a euphemism? Uh, no, that is a that's a literal. And uh, you know, I thought it was a little low, but that could have tied into. Wrestling in Sessler's dungeon the night before, and in general, a long day. But I, I feel like you it's know, a solid sixteen-hour day for Sessler before that pot even starts, and twelve or fourteen for us. So <laughs> I, forgi- come back I forgive you, Mark. I think your energy was great. Wow, he's pinning it straight on Sessler, Greg, going <laughs> after him. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I mean, we just got to we got to rebound or rebound. Rebound. <laughs> K. Rich, how are you doing behind the glass? All is well, guys. I'm pumped for Thursday night football. Yeah. My spirits are high until I heard the intro of this podcast. Money's oh. intros are sounding very redundant, and I feel like <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. I have my amazing right. Around the League writers, cough, cough, to thank <laughs> for that. We'll have them to you today, Crystal. We'll have we, some new ones. We have run through all our, our pre-recorded, uh, what, what would you call these? Can, canned intros. Canned intros. We ran through all of them, all 15 or so that we wrote up and had Matt Money Smith record, and now we're going over again. But this is K. Rich, in fairness to K. Rich, he told us about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, hey, we need more intros. We didn't do them, and now K. Rich is angry, which is not a good situation ever. I'm very angry. Are you going to read the news angrily today? I think I'm going to try that. All right, well, let's start right there. Why don't we? Why don't we? Because, yeah, just for today, just so you know, we're going to do some news. We're going to. You know, we've been talking about this for a week as well. Bonkers Sacks, K. Rich's um, official theme music for the news. We're going to listen to that. We're going to do some Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk about some of the 0-2 teams, see who's who's finished and who's got a shot at this to bounce back. And then, of course, 
Win Wes's toaster is back to close the show. But let's start with the news. K Rich, let's uh, let's get right into it. All right, let me know if this is angry enough for you guys. <laughs> Left tackle Ryan Clady is moving straight to the Broncos IR list with a Liz Frank sprain that will require <laughs> surgery. That worked. I got the message. I'd be angry if I was a Broncos fan. Yeah. I mean, this is this is worse than everything that's happened to them this year. Would you guys agree with that? There's I, been a lot of things that have happened poor, you know, badly to the Broncos. This is on the top. I wrote the initial piece when we thought he might just be out for a month or so. And I thought they could paper over that because Peyton Manning is so good before the snap. He he and Eli are always the two like lowest sack quarterbacks in the league. So pass protection might not be a big issue. But if we go back to our 2007 Pats comparison, all we heard all year was how much time Brady had in the pocket that year. He was back there eating lunch, having a picnic, you know. Manning's not going to have that without the best left, left tackle in football. I think a lot of this went back to me predicting the 16-0 and on Sunday. And immediately <laughs> we find out that the left tackle, the cornerstone of the offensive line, Peyton Manning's blindside protector, gone for the year. That's rough. And don't forget, they also lost the center. I know Manny Ramirez, he must be doing a pretty good job because they just gave him a new contract. But they lost two centers. Yeah, right. The football gods were not happy with your hubris. No, they didn't like it. I mean, think about how much money they just paid Clady. $33 million guaranteed, more than 50 That's a heck of a lot more than they were ever going to pay Elvis Dumerville. So I'm not saying this kills their chances by any means, but if it's not significant to go from Clady to, uh, who is it, Chris, Chris Clark, Clark, then then why did give them all that money? I do look at like a team like the Packers in 2010. I think they had, what, 16 guys on IR or something when they went into the playoffs. And sometimes your better teams just find a way to play around this. I mean, by the time we get to the playoffs, every one of the contending teams will have suffered some sort of devastating ill but i look at the i look at denver's defense von miller they've they've done a nice job of remaining completely active competitive without him he'll be back soon all these guys are coming back at some point not clady and that's a, that is that's a tough one to cover over and i agree that you know great teams find a way but all it takes is one hit on Peyton manning and it's over in denver right but that's also true of Aaron Rodgers and no, essentially but I'm saying, any of these but now teams. you lose the guy in the line you could least afford to lose, especially when it comes with a guy getting hit. They call him a blindside for a reason. He would never see it coming. If if this guy Clark can't do the job and something bad happens, you you know, well, disaster. Back to the Aaron Rodgers thing. How, who's to say Clark isn't better than David Bakhtiari? I mean, you, it's uh nobody's got like how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> how many of these contenders have premier left tackles? Right. Uh, Okay, Rich, what else is in the news? All right, guys. I'm kind of liking this read the news mad thing. I want to try it one more time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let it Colts work. tight end Dwayne Allen needs surgery and will miss the entire season for hip surgery. I'm mad about this one, too. He was my making the leap guy. I loved Dwayne yeah, Allen. I thought he had Pro Bowl potential I this year. I think we should play some taps, K. Rich, some taps to remember a making the leap candidate lost to Wayne Allen. Another making it's actually the candidate. a lot of Wes's making the leap, guys, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> the, number, the number 10 guy on the list. He could have been higher, too, easily. I thought he was maybe a Pro Bowl type of player this year. I did, too. I think it's a much bigger loss than Vic Ballard. The guy who comes in for Ballard is probably a better player. Ahmad Bradshaw, the guy who comes in for Dwayne Allen, is Dominique Jones, who fumbled a potential touchdown last week that basically cost the Colts the game. It's funny because I watched that Colts game again, and I felt like when Hayward Bay was removed from the equation, not in a way that we celebrate but through injury, it's T.Y. Hilton 
suddenly, and this should have happened weeks ago, there had no other choice but to target him relentlessly, and he had his career best game. It was almost like by, by someone being taken out, the lineup got kind of configured the way it should have been. That's not the case with Allen. That's a t- very talented player that we're essentially not going to get a chance to see grow in the offense it, this year. It changes what Pep Hamilton wants to do because he wanted to run more. He wanted to be two tight ends, Allen and Fleener. Suddenly now you just have Fleener. I think you'll see more of three wide receivers. DHB, Hayward Bay, and Luck were not on the same page often in the first couple of weeks. So uh, suddenly you're down to just Hilton and Wayne, and that, that's a problem. We saw too much. I went back and watched the game. Saw too much Griff Wayland and Dominic Jones, and that's a far cry from Dwayne Allen and, and T.Y. Hilton or DHB. So. And Fleener can't block. Fleener got luck killed on one play last week, so that just hurts a, a team that's already pretty weak at tackle. All right, K. Rich, what else is in the news? All right. And cheer up a little bit now. Next up, yeah, I think I will cheer up. If you're a Saints fan, you're probably not happy about this news. If you're a Bucks fan, you're definitely happy. So I'll take the middle ground on this one. The <laughs> suspension on Bucks safety, Deshaun Goldson, for his hit on running back, Darren Sproles, has been overturned. It is now a $100,000 fine, which I think ties with Sue's fine last week as the highest ever for an on-field infraction. Does that sound right to everybody? I guess. I mean, for me, yes, the, that these, is true. These, it's, that it's is a true. true statement. But Thanks, these guys. fines, if you're not going to suspend them, and you know, Wes and I talked about this last week. There's really not much you can do to change uh, whatever the mindset of the players is if they're intending to knock these guys out. I don't think we know that, but it's like a hundred thousand dollars to sue is essentially taking like a dime and a nickel out of my pocket. <laughs> I've realized I'm in the minority of football fans. I don't care, nor do I have an opinion on fines or suspensions. I just don't care. Yeah, it's the <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. Too many fine stories. It's this is the first bad uh, bit of luck the Patriots have gotten on the schedule this year, though. I mean, they, they have to face Deshaun Goldson. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Interesting. After, after all these quarterbacks. And by the way, one thing I will say: if you're going to suspend these guys, suspend them. Uh, Ed Reed in November last year, and now you have Goldson. They're, they're getting suspended for these hits, and then they appeal them, and they get knocked out. I mean, you know, if you're going to send a message, send a message. Well, maybe what they do, and I don't want to belabor this rather dull news topic, but <laughs> maybe they point to precedent where the league, frankly, is all over the place on how they rule on some of these player hits. I mean, it's like they do something with one guy, the next guy, based on reputation, completely different. Well, Mark. isn't that because there's an arbitrator involved? Didn't well, Matt but that's Burke how hear I, this story? Yeah, but that's and, how like, I think. At that point, it's out of the commissioner's hands. But it seems how that's how an appeal could be won if if there is some back and forth. But, I mean, Crystal, you're going to have to yeah, step K- in here. A K- shadowy Rich. league figure is entering <laughs> right. the right. I K- have Rich, one. When you, K. Rich, when you sell this podcast, can you write that there's a lot of arbitration talking? <laughs> <laughs> I sure will. And I have one for the Sizzler. Not sure how he's going to react to this. But the Browns announced that Brandon Hoyer will make the start at QB in week three. Hmm. Well, it all turns around here. Well, I responded to it uh, initially about seven hours ago when I had to write the post well before the sun came up. Um, God, cue the violins. Well, sorry, this the, you know it's it's for me. And I and again, West hopped on IM and we had a chat about this early. Their other option was Jason Campbell, who I guess looks the part, right? He looks like an NFL quarterback, one of the most proven guys to get you about a touchdown, buck fifty in yardage. Two interceptions and you will lose. He just—that's who he is. As a Browns fan, where you're just searching for anything that could be possibly compelling, Hoyer at least is an unknown. The thing that jumps out to me—I remember when the Bears signed Jason Campbell last year. 
uh, I believe for a $3 million guaranteed contract, it was viewed as, wow, the Bears finally smartened up and got a good quarterback behind Jay Cutler. And then he had that one, I think it was a Sunday night game where the he Houston was just Texans. a disaster. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he, he's the third string quarterback in Cleveland behind Brian Well, it was Hoyer. the Niners that crushed him. Right. For about five or six sacks. This is not a surprise, actually, out of Cleveland with Lombardi at the GM spot. I mean, they, they've wanted him, Hoyer, in that in the position all along to back up or possibly lead them as a starter. My, my big takeaway is just that, that Lombardi's three-year fascination, you know, uh, flirtation with Brian I think Brian Wes Horn called it a Hoyer. fetish on Yeah, Twitter. Brian Hoyer fetish. It has finally been consummated. I mean, Lombardi basically got back into the league just for the express purpose <laughs> of getting Hoyer a starting quarterback job, and now here it is. Well, here's my question, and Mark, maybe you can answer it, uh, or anybody can. Uh, Hoyer, is he going to keep the job if he has a decent game? No way. I don't think I don't think so either. How about, either, a good game? How about twenty for thirty-one, two hundred and forty yards, two touchdowns? I guess you know it's a, a quarterback controversy is nothing new. That this is their nineteenth quarterback since nineteen ninety-nine that will start a game for the team. So you know it's not as if they've had a consistent answer there on any level. But I, I think the issue beyond this season is that almost no matter what Whedon does, if he comes back outside of taking to the playoffs. It's a complete reshuffling at the position this offseason. Yeah, but does, do you think, to answer the question? <laughs> no, I said no. I don't think that Whedon will be supplanted by Hoyer. No. Is uh, Hoyer a younger man than Brandon Whedon? Yeah. Yes. Be, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Wes, look at the age jokes. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, it's, it's a, a good spot spot a lot, but it's yeah. a very it's sore spot for It's Mark. a good question. I'm surprised no one's bringing in uh, you know, the parallels to Drew Bledsoe getting knocked out and Tom Brady coming in this could, oh, right. this could change everything. <laughs> um <laughs> All right, good. Uh K Rich, the only reason I came into work today was to uh be part of the listening party for your news theme song. So I think this is probably the good time. Can you let it rip and we can just dig in on this a little bit? Boys, the time has finally come and By the I'm way, so excited. I haven't been this excited since Pearl Jam released Vitology in 1995. This is a really big moment right now. 95. I can't even remember those days. You were three. <laughs> I was older than three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let it rip. Uh-oh. Uh, right off the bat. K. <laughs> oh, there it is. Bonkers. Bonkers. <laughs> What do you guys think? Mark, I'll throw it to you. Technically clean, I like it. Technically clean? Yeah. Strong. Wes? Reminds me of like early 80s uh, soft rock with a little jazz influence. Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of the John Hamm episode of Saturday Night Live. I don't know if you saw that skit where he played Sergio, the crazy saxophonist who would just break through things and, and go wild. Yeah. I kind of reminds me on when I was growing up, Preview Guide used to be Channel 3. Mm. And there's some wild sax when yes. you would just be looking down the channels is the only way to see what was coming on next. <laughs> and it reminds me of that. I'm just amazed at the budget that we have for, you know, 13 backup singers singing K. Rich's name in the background. Hey, hey, hey. The best for the best. Hey, was that, a, was that any of your original vocals, K. Rich? It might be. I don't, I don't want to brag <laughs> wow. at all. 
<laughs> I recognized another voice in there too, too at the beginning. That was K yeah. Rich on the headlines. If you are a Damashek fan, that is the producer TD, also known as Black Tie. Oh yeah, yes. Wow. So I thought he did a great job. I really like it, K Rich. I would give it. Uh, I would give it a hard nine and a half out of ten. I love it. We're right. gonna see if we can get that on iTunes for. <laughs> Both of the people interested out there to purchase. <laughs> I great. appreciate it. Ninety nine cents a track. Yeah, and well, and uh, yeah, K. Rich, if you would do us a favor, of playing us out with the song uh, at the end of the episode today as well. Oh, no problem. All right, um, all right. Moving right along. Uh, before we get into talking about Thursday night, Greg, you thought of it downstairs. So why don't you tell us what we'll be talking about next? Well, we've got. All the 0-2 teams around the league, you know, some not-so-surprising, Browns, Jaguars, some some are surprising, Giants, Panthers would be in that mix. Out of these teams, who do you think is in the most trouble that, that you're actually worried? Maybe you went into the season thinking they could be halfway decent. I know Dan had half of these teams at nine wins, apparently, <laughs> uh, and, and they're starting 0-2. Who are you legitimately concerned about now? I didn't think the Jags or the Browns would be that great, but I think they're two teams we can write off. I know you guys think it's too early to write the Browns off, but if you don't have a quarterback, you got a problem. Uh, the Buccaneers I'm writing off because they're a laughing stock. They're about ready to implode, and they hate their head coach. Is that a problem when you hate your head coach? Well, sometimes it isn't, but in this case, if you're not winning, it is. And I might be about ready to write off the Panthers because I hate what their offense is doing, and uh, I can't figure out what Mike Shull is doing at the controls there. I'm going to stick up for the Bucks a little bit in that they've lost – their defense has played very well for two straight weeks, and they've lost two games in fluky fashion by one, by one point or, or one score. Uh, isn't it possible that they get it back together? I mean, they have something going for them. A lot of these teams don't. I agree with you. I think the defense has played great. To me, they just are um, – they're about one more instant away from just like a full-on revolution in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's troubling. I, I have a hard time – I think you mentioned the Panthers West. I, I can't write them off in the sense that they lost 12-7 to Seattle, and they lost on a last-second drive to the Bills last week. They're not far away, but there is issues. But in terms of writing them off entirely, I see things to like on the defense still. Well, losing in the last minute is their move. They're going to use it. Well. It's, I'm not sure we're talking about them going 11-5. and five. My team has to be the Jags. I mean, I'm not sure how what I see there. All right, let's eliminate yeah, the well, Jags. All right. Jags are out. Forget about how the about Jags. This? How, how about, about the Steelers? Steelers? One yeah. of those teams. I, I'm actually going to go Giants. I picked them to go 6-10, and 10, mm. and I don't have a problem with Eli Manning continuing to throw 350 yards in garbage time week after week, but the defense to me is the whole NFC East has a suspect defense. Giants are right there in them, right in there in the mix with them, and I, I don't see them winning more than six games. I was crazy disappointed by the Steelers on Monday night. Uh, I know Greg is as well because the Roethlisberger is his MVP <laughs> pick, and that's starting to look pretty grim. But, you know, they did, again, they, they did not run the ball. And But here's the thing, and we everybody thought that, or some people thought, Big Ben was going to help carry them. He was a major problem. They lost. He was a major reason they lost on Monday. He was not accurate with his throws. He threw the the pick at the end was on him. Um, and now they have a situation where they have Chicago coming in uh, to their building where they you know zero and three. You're dead. Let's face it. And do I do I think that Pittsburgh is going to win? I don't know because I'm not convinced that they're any good right now. Out of all of the teams that we're talking about, they are the one team that has help on the way. 
with Le'Veon Bell and Heath Miller, and if they decide right. to make Marcus Wheaton a big part of their offense. And that's the major problem right now is the offense. They can't move the ball because they have no speed and no playmaking ability. If those three guys enter the mix, maybe the season will be over by that point, but they at least have some guys that can come in and change what they're doing. And their defense hasn't been bad. It obviously has the pedigree. I don't like the fact that they're so thin at certain positions that Keon Wilson is starting, You know, Paulson is starting at tight end. Chris had a great stat uh, this week that they only have five players from the last five draft classes that have started 10 games or more for the team, which is insane. They haven't drafted well. Uh, but my team, I think, that's been the most concerning is the Washington Redskins. And like the Steelers, they're in a bad division, at least to start off the year. Everyone's stuck at 1-1. One and one. But I think this Redskins defense could be bad for good. And I think it was pretty bad last year, and they played well at the end of the year, and that made up for everyone forgot. So even if RG3 gets better, to me, this Washington team, I think, uh, could be disappointing all year. That's my pick. You know, the whole NFC East has defenses ranked 20th or lower right now. And the Eagles, I think, are the second worst, and the Redskins are right in there, too. And I watched, I rewatched that Redskins game, and you're right. It's like RG3 probably will ascend and beyond, get beyond where he is right now, no question. But that defense, I don't know what fixes that defense. If you want to play devil's advocate, you can say they faced the Eagles in the first game which of Chip Kelly revolutionizing offense in the NFL and then faced Aaron Rodgers and a Packers offense that nobody is going to stop. They were the guinea pigs in that first half against Philadelphia, and no other team had to deal with going in with no tape, and they did not survive that. But then, right, you get an angry Packers team that's coming off a 49ers loss. It's a tough early draw. I've I've seen too many Jim Hazlitt defenses in Washington. I've seen too many Mike Shanahan defenses for the last 15 years to just think that they'll just get better. There's one team we haven't mentioned that they always seem to be under the radar despite having the best running back in the world. The Vikings, does anybody think that they can uh, put it together? We all had them in last place, I think, going into the year, didn't right. we? Right, and nobody, well, nobody, everybody picked against them last year, too. And I think out of wins. all of these teams, they have the most talent on both sides of the ball, but they also have the quarterback issue, and I have a hard time backing teams with a quarterback They're issue. They're in a tough division, too. I mean, it, like Detroit looks legit where they weren't last season. A lot went right for Minnesota last year, pretty much everything, and I just... Uh, I think we're getting an early indication that it's not going to go smooth at all for them. Well, who is Dan's pick? Do you have a pick? No, uh, for the team that I think is in the most trouble? Yes. Steelers. Hmm. I really, yeah, I really think everything you're seeing, there are just too many holes. And, uh, yeah, you, you want to think that Roethlisberger can rise above. but And you say they have help coming on the way. We don't even know what – even Tomlin himself said yesterday with uh, Heath Miller, you know, he's not going to be coming out of – a phone booth wearing a Superman cape. You know, I mean, this he's going to take a while to get back. We have no idea what Bell will give you at this point. So there are too many question marks for me right now to think. I'm not, you know, I think I'll probably pick them to win on Sunday because I don't know. I, I just find it hard to see a Mike Tomlin. Because you're completely indecisive? No, because I really. <laughs> no, because I really. I went 14 and 2 last week, by the oh, way. Oh, right. So just pipe down. Um, yeah, no, I just. It's hard for me to see a Tomlin Roethlisberger team start 0 3, but maybe this is the year it happens. So we all picked, you know, the team we think's in trouble. What, what team out of that group do you think will come back, still be a factor, and make some noise after starting 0 2? Let's start with Mark Sessler. I am going to uh, go Panthers. Because I love their front seven. They, like I said before, they lost two tight games. Look at none of these teams are you know rolling into uh, January on fire. But I think I think the Carolina is going to salvage 
an ugly start. I've I've seen them lose too many games in the fourth quarter to think that that's not going to stop personally. So we know who Mark's picking this week in the battle of the 0-2s between New York at Carolina. Not necessarily. Wow. I could see them dig themselves out of an 0-3 hole. They, they lose <laughs> They're that, that resilient. No, I don't. I'm not sure. Again, I, I don't love any of these teams. Well, I have visions of last year's game between the Giants and that the Panthers at Carolina when the Giants just... When Ramses Barden and Andre Brown rolled over the Panthers. And right. we'll talk about that more on Friday where we preview all the games, but what a big game that is. For week three, it's weird because kind of the bad teams have the bigger games, and to me that's probably the biggest game of it, the week. It's always great when two 0-2 teams face each other because they're, it's almost the playoff game. If you look at the numbers, um, how many 0-3 teams have made it, I'm sure it's only a handful. So you need to win that game. So, Wes, who's your, who's your team you think comes back? I am siding with uh, the Sizzler here. The Panthers, as much as I don't trust Mike Shula, this, this reminds me of their start from last year. They got off to a slow start, and then they were on fire down the stretch. Um, you know, I love their front seven. Star Latulule is like one of four young defensive tackles that I see jumping off the film every week now. Um, and, you know, that offense just has to play better, right? Do they yeah. have the best quarterback of this group? I guess you got Eli Manning in there, but Big Ben's RG3's, the best quarterback of that group. Well, I would true. agree. I have yeah, to no, agree. I, I would have. <laughs> you I, have no choice but to agree. And I'm not they ready no to say that Cam Newton's great until he starts playing better. I just that footwork issue that I've been talking about all off season and all summer. It's still terrible. And there were plays. I watched two or three series in a row in the second quarter where their entire offense was running D'Angelo Williams into the stack for two yards, and then Cam Newton throwing it as far as he could downfield over everybody's head. I, think someone I don't know ne- what's going on with yeah, that offense. There needs to be like a van kidnapping of Mike Shula, <laughs> and they need to bring <laughs> like someone school. in. Yeah, I mean, I don't, get him out, replace him with someone who can think creatively on some level about moving the ball, and we're rolling. When you're counting on you know a felony to come save your <laughs> yeah. season, I think you're in trouble. And that's degree. why I like the New York Giants out of all these teams to bounce back and be a factor. Half of Manning's interceptions, especially three of them last week, were fluky and very game-specific. I'll take a guy that can move up and down the field with some talented players and throw some interceptions. You can, get, you can fix the interceptions. I think he, he's the best quarterback of this group, and you don't need to kidnap... Uh, Kevin Gilbride <laughs> to save their season. Um, yeah. By, by the way, would Buddy Ryan be driving that van? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> He's got nothing else wow. to do. That, that's a long plotted out revenge scheme. <laughs> um, I also I think the Giants and the Redskins. I would not be surprised if either of those teams won nine games still, even despite this start. So those would be the two teams I would pick. But you're supposed to pick one team. I would. Well, <laughs> indecisive again. I'll pick the Redskins. Okay. Redskins, who I picked to win the division. And, you know, you should listen to my picks because I went 14-2 and two last week. Did I mention that? Yeah, a few times it's in the newsroom <laughs> up here. All right, let's move on. Let's do some Thursday night football talk, a little Thursday night preview. Does this, do we have a name for this this chatter right now? The Thursday night preview? Yeah, the that, Thursday that, that night works. Preview. All right, bang. Kansas City in Philadelphia. Greg, start us off. Well, I've been really impressed with the Chiefs defense in general. You know, it's the same group that we said was so talented last year with Romeo Cornell, who couldn't bring out the talent in that group for whatever reason. And Sutton comes into Kansas City. That's really his defense. And it's these Rex Ryan assistants doing well. Mike Pettin in Buffalo. Sutton in Kansas City. They're flying around. Flowers is playing well. Eric Berry's healthy again. Don Terry Poe 
uh, is totally making the leap, breaking out at nose tackle. And so I'm really excited to, from two weeks in, I think the Chiefs have been one of the best defenses in the league, and now they play the Eagles. So what a great matchup that's going to be. Yeah, I think it's going to take us still a while to figure out who the Eagles are. Uh, new layers are going to be revealed week to week. This is, this is a game to find out who the Chiefs are, though, because like you said on defense, can they do what teams have not been able to do against the Eagles, which is hold them to less than 30 points? And honestly, Philadelphia could have scored 50 last game if a few things had gone a little bit differently. For the Chiefs on offense, and I watch them on the All-22, I find them interesting, but they seem really limited if they get into a track meet. And it's going to be real interesting to see against one of what I think might be the worst defense in football right now, south of Washington, which is, the I guess, is it maybe more west of Washington? I don't know. Uh, But the Eagles' (laughs) defense is a disaster. And if, if the Chiefs can't go in and put the points up, that tells you that they're going to have issues doing that all year. I think uh, Alex Smith has definitely been exactly what they've wanted to be, him to be to this point. Although we, it should be said that he is flirting a bit with the Gabbard zone. Uh, he, is, <laughs> he is averaging 5.7 yards per pass. So that speaks to your point, Mark, that if this becomes a high-scoring game, maybe this is not the What's offense. his rushing average? Is it higher than his yards per attempt? <laughs> his, his rushing average is 6.8 yards yep, per carry. Which <laughs> is, by the way, the same as Colin Kaepernick's on the nose right now. And he has more rushing yards than the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, too. So, I mean, they did some fun things on tape. You probably saw that they were running a little read option, some pistol, and, and it was working. I know you watched a lot of the Eagles wrestling. Oh, sorry. The first play was a triple option against wow. the last game. It's a bizarre play. Hubba, hubba. Let's talk about the Chip Kelly effect. Dan and I both went back and rewatched this game and noticed Deshaun Jackson and Michael Vick just missed on a 79-yard throw, a 69-yard throw. And they had a 37-yard touchdown called back. Literally, J- Jackson setting the receiving record if those three things happen. Jackson would have set the receiving record. Vic would have set the passing record for one game. This is in a game where the Chargers had time of possession by 20-minute advantage and slowed the Eagles' offense down. And they still almost set records. They still scored 30 points. And, you know, let's see. Deshaun Jackson has six plays of 20 or more yards this year. Should have had nine. Last year, he had nine all year. Hmm. LaShawn McCoy, only 15 players in NFL history have more yards from scrimmage than he's had through two games. Wow. Who's, who's stopping? Deshaun Jackson has more receiving yards than the entire Tennessee Titans. Well, and he has a third of his <laughs> catches from last year already. And honestly, the, I think the record is Flipper Anderson around 333 or so. For I, I think that he will beat that two or more times this season. Wow. With so no basically, issues. ATL is saying trade for every Eagle you could possibly get your hands on in Fantasy League. I think only I injuries think can so. slow him down. Yeah. You don't think anybody would slow this offense down? Well, uh, only injuries could completely sidetrack the Eagles and make them something different. Uh, game by game, we might see someone that uses, I think it almost, you need your offense to slow them down. You need to ball control the thing forever, but they score so quickly, I'm not sure the time of possession right, really I even think, matters. I think the. The tempo gets most of the attention, and that's not really what's at the, at the heart of this offense right now. I don't want to get into too much like football wonk talk, but here's a, like a Cliff Notes version of what <laughs> Do they're doing. Football wonk? <laughs> okay, so f- this, these aren't my th- thoughts. This is from hearing Jaws and Greg Cosell and reading Chris Brown. Basically, what they're doing, they're running a, a, an up-tempo offense just so the quarterback can have a static defense to read before he gets the line of scrimmage. The difference between what they're doing 
is that Vic is doing right after the snap what guys like Peyton Manning, Brady, and Breeze are doing before the snap, reading the defense. So Vic, Vic goes up to the line with like uh, five options. He can hand it to McCoy. He can run it himself. He can do a bubble screen to Deshaun Jackson. He can do a slant to Avant, or he can do a pop pass to Brent Selleck. This is what he's going to line with every time, and it depends on how he's reading the defense, what he's going to do right after the snap. And I don't know that anybody's going to be able to stop that. I agree with you. Well, the they other, were, oh, they were doing some of those package plays with the Redskins last year. Maybe not quite as many options, but I think that's part of the reason they were so effective. Well, right. we saw that with Philly in the preseason against the Patriots. They, you know, when you talk about the bubble screens, there's four guys sitting out there. It's not one guy. Plus the running back, and what I what surprises me a little bit is all we heard is it's going to be run heavy, run heavy, and it is obviously with the um, the speed that they operate. But Vic has been firing the ball deep in that Chargers game over and over. He they are so testing right. the defense so, so good deep. right now. And like Cosell and Joel said, he didn't have much accuracy the first game. But the important thing was he was making the right reads. He was choosing. He was reading the defense well and choosing which play to run every time. Well, you said nothing's going to slow them down. The thing that could slow them down is Michael Vick. How many times have we seen him be a consistent, great quarterback through the course of the season? So you got to count on him staying at this level. All right, let's go around the room. Uh, who do you got in this game? Since I am really decisive, I will go first, and I will say the Eagles will move to two and one and hand the Chiefs their first loss. And Rich pumped her fists. I, I'll go West. with the Eagles too. I, I like Greg. I love what I've seen from the Chiefs defense and I think they're legit but I think playing against this offense is different than playing against a, another offense in the NFL. Mark? Yeah, I, I look at Philly and I feel like they've grown a little bit each week and we're seeing a little bit more and I feel like it, they haven't had that game yet where it's like the entire league is completely on alert. I think they're going to drop about 55 points on Kansas City Ooh, and it's wow. going to be the story of the week. I, I'm taking Greg. the under with that. Uh, I like this. I like this Chiefs defense and think they can give them problems because it still comes down to players and they have a lot of good ones. So I think it'll be lower scoring. But I like the Eagles. The Chiefs are going to be in these toss-up games every week, and you know it's in Philadelphia. Short week. Go with the home team. I'm really proud of you guys, all of you. <laughs> we did it for you. I'd like to point out I'm the only one that had them winning the division before the season. You did. You did. Nobody's ever you pointed did. that out before. Kiss and butt. <laughs> um, all right. So before we go. It's time to bring it back. The game that America is buzzing about. I mean, everyone's talking about it. I, I can't walk down the street or go to the grocery store. Somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, Dan, when is when Wes's toaster coming back? None of this is true. However, <laughs> it is back, and we're going to play it again. Win Wes's toaster. Kay Rich is behind the glass. She has, um, before we get to that, actually, Wes, it's very important that you uh, do well today. I'm, I'm feeling confident. I'm riding high right now. It's very important. Why? Because, well, I feel like the first time we played, Wes gave a decent performance, but at the same time... He it was underwhelming. You can say it. He did not... It was a little underwhelming. You did not project dominance, which is the I key to this I did not deliver like a mailman. Yes. Yes. Cliff Clavin delivers. Now I need Wes to deliver. And Greg, who wants this segment destroyed. Well, Wesley, one, I'm rooting against you. I'm rooting for our caller... Uh, I'm I'm considering making up another hair appointment just so I can leave for, <laughs> for this segment and be done with the trivia. I'm Fair sure. enough. All right. So, Wes, uh, uh, the entire room's counting on you. Uh, Kay Rich, do we have a caller or a cont- contestant, I should say? Welcome in, Eli. Eli, are you there? Well, yeah, I'm there. 
There's a lot of pressure because Eli was talking a lot of smack on Twitter. Was he really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was talking a lot of smack on Twitter. Now I'm all nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Hey, Eli, where are you from? So, uh, I'm actually from Pittsburgh, PA. Oh, nice. Are you a Steelers guy? Hell no, I'm a Titans fan. Really? Wow. Oh, so you enjoy- we crushed them. Yeah, you enjoyed that week one. Not to put more pressure on you, but this is not a normal toaster. This is a toaster where you can <laughs> press the Tennessee Titans logo and have your toast come out with the Titans logo on it. It's 2013 technology. Listen to Greg getting excited about it now. <laughs> now he likes no, the that's game. awesome. I love that's the toaster. Anything with the Titans, I love. So. All right. So, um, are you, Eli, are you aware of the rules of the game? Did you listen to it the first time we played? No. Okay. I just got, well, um, all right. Well, get off the phone. I no. heard there's 30 <laughs> seconds or something like that. No, here we go. These are, this is the rule of win Wes's toaster. You're going to get asked six questions, and uh, Wes okay. will also be asked the same six questions, but he will be out of the room so he cannot hear your answers. Um, you will uh, answer those questions, and then uh, you have the ability to pass if you want to go to the next one if you're stumped and then come back to it. But at the end of the questions, you say, stop the clock. We stop the clock. We tabulate how many answers you gave us. Then we bring in Wes, and Wes does the same six questions. Whoever gets the most questions right wins the toaster or keeps the toaster. And if you both have the same amount of correct answers, uh, it comes down to the clock who uh, answered their questions in, a, in the fastest manner. And there is a one-minute right. time limit. We cannot go over one there minute. There is a one-minute time limit, so keep that in mind. I don't want to hear any Googling of the answers. You just got to let it Oh, God, I'm it not rip. a cheater, man. No, Eli, I didn't think you I'm were. I'm not the New England Patriots. Whoa! Wow. Fired right, a I'm shot <laughs> across Greg's bow. I'm out of here. All right, all right, so let's do this. Wes, you can now leave the premises for the time being. He's going to go behind the glass. Eli, are you ready? Mark Sessler is the man on the clock. Mark, a lot of pressure on Mark to get the clock right. This did not go well last time. It's going to be smooth. (laughs) All right, so here come the questions. Uh, The clock starts when I start reading the questions, and I'll ask you uh, if you're ready to stop the clock, and you say stop the clock, and we're done. Here we go. Rob Gronkowski was drafted in the second round of the 2000 NFL draft out of what school? Arizona State. What team did Steve Young play for before the 49ers? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where was Super Bowl 35 held, the site of the Patriots' first championship? <laughs> what was the name of the Packers guard stopped by Andamakan Sioux on Thanksgiving 2011? Oh, my gosh. Can I pass that, too? Yep. Where is the Jets' practice facility located? Uh, East Rutherford. Who scored the winning touchdown in the Music City Miracle in the 1999 playoffs? Oh, you didn't ask a Titans fan that. Kevin Dyson. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go back or do you want to stop the clock? Yeah, I want to go back. I want to say New Orleans for the Super Bowl. Okay. And then um, the I, I, I want to say Chris Wells. Okay. I need more. I need more detail. By the way, on time. The, okay. Should we give him? Should we give him New Orleans for the site of the Patriots? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. okay. I was going to say Superdome. All right, Superdome. That, you can say Superdome. All right. Guess what? You got. Looks like you had one, two, Did three well. correct. Did well. Okay. All right. Let's bring Wes in here. He, he swaggered in a man that looks <laughs> I like. I didn't know I had swagger. He, a man that looks like. And look at the calves on Wes as he walks in as well. Just really well shaped. Like a statue almost. <laughs> All right. Wes, sitting down. You, uh, we will not tell you what you need. Um, we will tell you that your opponent. No, I won't tell you that either. I will tell you nothing. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Rob Gronkowski was drafted in the second round of the 2010 NFL Draft out of what school? Arizona. What team did Steve Young play for before the 49ers? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Where was Super Bowl 35 held, the site of the Patriots' first championship? Oh, who knows? Um, who knows where Super Bowls are played? <laughs> it was in a dome, wasn't it? New Orleans, I'll go with. What was the name of the Packers guard stomped by Ndamukong Sue on Thanksgiving 2011? Evan Dietrich Smith. Where is the Jets' practice facility located? The Meadowlands? On a swamp? Who scored the f- winning touchdown in the Music City Miracle in the 1999 playoffs? Frank Wycheck? That's it. Stop the clock. That looks like Wes got four in 45 seconds to beat Eli, who had three in 60 seconds. Wes, you have kept your toaster. Nice. Well, Frank Wycheck threw the pass, right? He, yeah, was, Frank was it Wycheck Dyson? threw it to Kevin yeah, it Dyson. Uh, Eli, that was, you put up a good battle. Absolutely. But uh, Wes brought his A game today. Did I get the no, New Orleans thanks. one? Yeah. yeah, you got New Orleans. After yeah. I meandered you through it? You did. You meandered and got it right. Um, yeah, I, got, I, I said Arizona State for Gronkowski like an idiot. Yeah, that, uh, co- that cost you ultimately. But you would have lost on tiebreaker anyway, so don't feel bad. Eli, thank you for nice. listening, and thank you for playing Win West's Toaster. Yeah, two thanks. All right. Uh, by the way, for the answer, both of you guys missed uh, where is the Jets practice facility? Because located? nobody cares. Yeah, Florham that's a Park, bad question. Florham Park, Park, New Jersey. Oh, if you watch forget NFL that Network, on purpose. You know. And, uh, yeah, everything else was covered. So, Wes, I'm very excited about this because that means we can keep playing in the future. Nice. Greg, and, is, it looks sullen in the corner. Unless no <laughs> one responds to our request to, for contestants Hey, next we had time. to put somebody off today. Yeah, we did. Somebody, <laughs> has, Yeah, somebody has to go next time. But, uh, all right, so great job, Wes. Thank you. I'm re- you've restored my faith really in humanity right there. Um, thank you. And uh, I'd next- like to thank the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, don't use the uh, out of respect to Eli. Try not to use the Titans one because I feel like that's going to hurt him a lot if you do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that is it for today's show. Anybody? Uh, anybody got anything to say? One question on the toaster, real fast. Yeah. Let's say you are a Steelers fan. Are you ever going to be putting insignias of others, other teams on this piece of bread? It just yes. seems like a bizarre <laughs> Because trinket. the top toast beats the bottom toast. So if you're Steelers, you want the top bread to be the Pittsburgh, and then maybe the Bengals on the bottom, and you make up for last I, I Monday. He'd know. Maybe you have some friends over the house. Make them toast specialized for their favorite it team. Seems very like odd. If you actually use the toaster from a practical perspective, it... You're probably very lonely. Is this why our country is just floating off the rails? Uh, Possibly. Okay, that's it for today's show. Uh, Ooh, there's that music again. I've had to the pool to watch some Zarinas for a while. That's a great move right there. Hey, uh, so that's it for today's show. Uh, Friday, we will recap the Thursday night game, talk about all the week three games. Uh, So look ahead to that. But for now, just listen to the stylings of Kay Rich's theme song. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 